0: Chapter 16 of Little Fishers and Their Nets by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. An Ordeal That was the way it came about that little Sate not only, but Susie and Nettie went to the flower party. They had not expected to do any such thing. The little girls, who were not used to going anywhere, had paid no attention to the announcements on Sunday and Nettie had heard as one with whom such things had nothing in common. Her treatment in the Sabbath school was not such as to make her long for the companionship of the girls her age, and by this time she knew that her dress at the flower-party would be sure to command more attention than was pleasant. So she had planned as a matter of course to stay away. But the little old ladies in their caps and spectacles, springing into active life, put a new face on the matter— certainly no more astonished young person can be imagined than nettie decker was the morning miss sherrill called on her the one daisy she had begged still carefully preserved and proposed her plan of partnership in the flower party it will add ever so much to the fun she explained besides bringing you a nice little sum for your spending money did miss sherrill have any idea how far that argument would reach just now nettie wondered "'We can dress the little girls in daisies,' continued their teacher. "'Little Sate will look like a flower herself, with daisies wreathed about her dress and hair.' "'Little Sate will be afraid, I think,' Nettie objected. "'She is very timid and not used to seeing many people.' "'But with Susie she will not mind, will she? Susie has assurance enough to take her through anything.' Oh, I wonder if little Sate would not recite a verse about the Daisy Grandmothers. I have such a cunning one for her. May I teach her, Mrs. Decker, and see if I can get her to learn it? Mrs. Decker's consent was very easy to gain. Indeed, it had been freely given in Mrs. Decker's heart before it was asked. For Miss Cheryl had not been in the room five minutes before she had said, "'Your son, Norman, I believe his name is, has promised to help my brother with the church flowers this evening. My brother says he is an excellent helper. His eye is so true. They had quite a laugh together last week. It seems one of the wreaths was not hung plumb. Your son and my brother had an argument about it, but it was finally left as my brother had placed it, but was out of line several inches.' He was obliged to admit that if he had followed Norman's suggestion it would have looked much better. After that it would have been hard for Miss Cheryl to have asked a favor which Mrs. Decker would not grant if she could. She saw through it all. These people were in league with Nettie to try to save her boy. What wasn't she ready to do at their bidding? There was but one thing about which she was positive. The little girls could not go without Nettie, They talked it over in the evening, after Miss Cheryl was gone. Nettie looked distressed. She liked to please Miss Cheryl. She was willing to make many grandmothers. She would help to put the little girls in as dainty attire as possible, but she did not want to go to the flower festival. She planned various ways. Jerry would take them down or Norm. Perhaps even he could go with them. Surely Mother would be willing to have them go with Norm, Miss Sherrill would look after them carefully, and they would come home at eight o'clock, before they began to grow very sleepy. But no, Mrs. Decker was resolved. She could not let them go unless Nettie would go with them and bring them home. I let one child run the streets, she said with a heavy sigh, and I have lived to most wish he had died when he was a baby before I did it and i said then i would never let another one go out of my sight as long as i had control i can't go but i would just as soon they would be with you as with me and unless you go they can't stir a step and that's the whole of it mrs decker was a very determined woman when she set out to be and nettie looked the picture of dismay it did not seem possible to her to go to a flower-party and on the other hand it seemed really dreadful to thwart Miss Cheryl. Jerry sat listening, saying little, but the word he put in now and then was on Mrs. Decker's side. He owned to himself that he never so entirely approved of her as at that moment. He wanted Nettie to go to the flower party. "'But I have nothing to wear,' said Nettie, blushing and almost weeping. "'Nothing to wear,' repeated Mrs. Decker, in honest astonishment. "'Why, what do you wear on Sundays, I should like to know? "'I'm sure you look as neat and nice as any girl I ever saw in your gingham. "'I was watching you last Sunday and thinking how pretty it was.' "'Yes, but, Mother, they all wear white at such places, "'and I cut up my white dress, you know, for the little girls. "'It was rather short for me anyway. "'But I should feel queer in any other color. "'Oh, well,' said Mrs. Decker in some irritation, "'if they go to such places to show their clothes, "'why, I suppose you must stay at home "'if you have none that you want to show. "'I thought, being it was a church, it didn't matter, "'so you were neat and clean. "'But churches are like everything else, it seems, places for show.' Jerry looked grave disapproval at Nettie, but she felt injured and could have cried. Was it fair to accuse her of going to church to show her clothes, or of being over-particular, when she went every Sunday in a blue-and-white gingham such as no other girl in her class would wear, even to school? This was not church, it was a party. It was hard that she must be blamed for pride when she was only too glad to stay at home from it. "'I can't go in my blue dress, and that is the whole of it,' she said at last, a good deal of decision in her voice." Very well, said Mrs. Decker. Then we'll say no more about it. As for the little girls going without you, they shan't do it. When I set my foot down, it's down. Jerry instinctively looked down at her foot as she spoke. It was a good-sized one, and looked as though it could set firmly on any question on which it was put. His heart began to fail him. The flower-party and certain things he hoped to accomplish thereby were fading he took refuge with Mrs. Smith to hide his disappointment, and also to learn wisdom about this matter of dress. "'Do clothes make such a very great difference to girls?' was his first question. "'Difference?' said Mrs. Smith, rubbing a little more flour on her hands and plunging them again into the sticky mass she was kneading. "'Yes'm, they seem to think of clothes the first thing, when there is any place to go to. Boys aren't that way.' I DON'T BELIEVE A BOY KNOWS WHETHER HIS COAT OUGHT TO BE BROWN OR GREEN. WHAT MAKES THE DIFFERENCE?' Mrs. Smith laughed a little. "'Well,' she said reflectively, "'there is a difference, now that's a fact. I noticed it time and again when I was living with Mrs. Jennison. Dick would go off with whatever he happened to have on, and Florence was always in a flutter as to whether she looked as well as the rest.' "'I've heard folks say that it was the fault of the mothers, "'because they make such a fuss over the girls' clothes "'and keep rigging them up in something bright "'just to make 'em look pretty, "'till they succeed in making them think "'there isn't anything quite so important in life "'as what they wear on their backs. "'It's all wrong, I believe. "'But then Nettie ain't one of that kind. "'She hasn't had any mother to perk her up "'and make her vain. "'I shouldn't think she would be one "'to care about clothes much.' She doesn't, said Jerry firmly. I don't think she would care if other folks didn't. The girls in her class act hatefully to her. They don't speak if they can help it. I suppose it's clothes. I don't know what else. They are always rigged out like hollyhocks or tulips. They make fun of her, I guess, and that isn't very pleasant. Is that the reason she won't go to the flower show next week? "'Yes'm, that's the reason. All the girls are going to dress in white. I suppose she thinks she will look queerly and be talked about. But I don't understand it. Seems to me if all the boys were going to wear blue coats, and I knew it, I'd just as soon wear my grey one if grey was respectable.' "'She ought to have a white dress, now that's a fact,' said Mrs. Smith with energy, patting her brown loaf and tucking it down into the tin in a skillful way.' it isn't much for a girl like her to want. If her father was the kind of man he ought to be, she might have a white dress for best as well as not. I've no patience with him. Her father hasn't drank a drop this week, said Jerry. Hasn't? Well, I'm glad of it. But I'm thinking of what he has done, and what he will go and do as likely as not next week. They might be as forehanded as any folks I know of, if he was what he ought to be there isn't a better workman in the town. Well, you don't care much about the flower-party, I suppose? I don't know, said Jerry wearily. When I thought the little girls were going, I had a plan. Sate is such a little thing, she would be sure to be half-asleep by eight o'clock, and I was going to coax Norm to come for her, and we carry her home between us. Norm won't go to a flower-party out and out, but he is good-natured and was beginning to think a great deal of sate then i thought mr sherrill would speak to him the more we can get norm to feeling he belongs in such places the less he will feel like belonging to the corner groceries and the streets i see said mrs smith admiringly "'Well, I do say I didn't think Nettie was the kind of girl to put a white dress between her chances of helping folks. Sarah Ann thinks she's a real true Christian. But Satan does seem to be into the clothes business from beginning to end.' "'I don't suppose it is any easier for a Christian to be laughed at and slighted than it is for other people,' said Jerry, inclined to resent the idea that Nettie was not showing the right spirit.' although in his heart he was disappointed in her for caring so much about the color of her dress. "'Well, I don't know about that,' said Mrs. Smith, stopping in the act of tucking her bread under the blankets, to look full at Jerry. Why, they even made fun of the Lord Jesus Christ, dressed him up in purple like a king, and mocked at him.' When it comes to remembering that, it would seem as if any common Christian might be almost glad of a chance to be made fun of, just to stand in the same lot with him. This was a new thought to Jerry. He studied it for quite a while in silence. Now it so happened that neither Mrs. Smith nor Jerry remembered certain facts. One was that Mrs. Smith's kitchen window was in a line with Mrs. Decker's bedroom window, where Nettie had gone to sit while she mended Norm's shirt. The other was that a gentle breeze was blowing, which brought their words distinctly to Nettie's ears. At first she had not noticed the talk, busy with her own thoughts. Then she heard her name and paused, needle in hand, to wonder what was being said about her. Then, coming to her senses, she determined to leave the room. BUT HER MOTHER, FOR CONVENIENCE, HAD PUSHED HER IRONING TABLE AGAINST THE BEDROOM DOOR, AND THEN HAD GONE TO THE YARD IN SEARCH OF CHIPS. NETTIE WAS A PRISONER. SHE TRIED TO PUSH THE TABLE BY PUSHING AGAINST THE DOOR, BUT THE FLOOR WAS UNEVEN, AND THE TABLE WOULD NOT MOVE. MEANTIME, THE CONVERSATION GOING ON ACROSS THE ALLEYWAY CAME DISTINCTLY TO HER. NO USE TO cough; THEY WERE TOO MUCH INTERESTED TO HEAR HER. By and by she grew so interested as to forget that the words were not intended for her to hear. There were more questions involved in this matter of dress than she had thought about. Her cheeks began to burn a little with the thought that her neighbor had been planning help for Norm, which she was blocking because she had no white dress. This was an astonishment. She had not known she was proud, In fact, she had thought herself very humble, and worthy of commendation, because she went Sabbath after Sabbath to the school in the same blue and white dress, not so fresh now by a great deal as when she first came home. When Mrs. Smith reached the sentence which spoke of the Lord Jesus being robed in purple, and crowned with thorns, and mocked, two great tears fell on Norm's shirt sleeve it was a very gentle little girl who moved about the kitchen getting early tea mrs decker glanced at her from time to time in a bewildered way the sort of girl with whom she was best acquainted would have slammed things about a little both because she had not clothes to wear like other children and because she had been blamed for not wanting to do what was expected of her but nettie's face had no trace of anger her movements were gentleness itself her voice when she spoke was low and sweet mother i will take the little girls if you will let them go mrs decker drew a relieved sigh i'd like them to go because she asked to have them and i can see plain enough she is trying to get hold of norm so is he that's what helping with the flowers means "'And there ain't anything I ain't willing to do to help, only I couldn't let the little girls go without you. They'd be scared to death, and it wouldn't look right. I'm sorry enough you ain't got suitable clothes. If I could help it, you should have as good as the best of them.' "'Never mind,' said Nettie. "'I don't think I care anything about the dress now.' She was thinking of that crown of thorns.' So when Miss Sherrill called, the way was plain, and little sate ready to be taught anything she would teach her. They went away down to the pond under the clump of trees which formed such a pretty shade, and there sate's slow sweet voice said over the lines as they were told to her, putting in many questions which the words suggested. "'He makes the flowers blow,' she repeated with thoughtful face. Then, what did he make them for?' I think it was because he loved them, and he likes to give you and me sweet and pleasant things to look at. Does he love flowers? I think so, darling. And birds? See the birds! For at that moment two beauties, standing on the edge of their nest, looked down into the clear water, and seeing themselves reflected in its smoothness, began to talk in low sweet chirps to their shadows. "'Oh, yes, he loves the birds, I am sure. Think how many different kinds he has made, and how beautiful they are. Then he has given them sweet voices, and they are thanking him as well as they know how, for all his goodness. Listen!' Sure enough, one of the little birds hopped back a trifle, balanced himself well on the nest, and, putting up his little throat, trilled a lovely song. "'What does he say?' asked Sate, watching him intently. "'Oh, I don't know,' said Miss Sherrill, with a little laugh. Sate was taxing her powers rather too much. "'But God understands, you know, and I am sure the words are very sweet to him.' Sate reflected over this for a minute, then went back to the flowers. "'What made him put the colors on them? Does he like to see the pretty colors, do you think? Which color does he like just the very bestest of all?' "'Oh, you darling, I don't know that either, perhaps crimson, or no, I think he must like pure white ones a little the best. But he likes little human flowers the best of all, little white flowers with souls. Do you know what I mean, darling? White hearts are given to the little children, who try all the time to do right, because they love Jesus and want to please him.' "'Sate wants to,' said the little girl earnestly sate loves jesus and she would like to kiss him i do not know but you shall some day now shall we take another line of the hymn continued her teacher i tried to teach her explained miss sherrill to her brother but i think after all she taught me the most she is the dearest little thing and asks the strangest questions When I look at her grave sweet face, and hear her slow sweet voice making wise answers, and asking wise questions, a sort of baby wisdom, you know, I can only repeat over and over the words, of such is the kingdom of heaven. Today I told her the story of Jesus taking the little children up in his arms and blessing them she listened with that thoughtful look in her eyes which is so wonderful then suddenly she held up her pretty arms and said in the most coaxing tones take little sate to him and let him bless her Yite away Tremaine. i could hardly keep back the tears do you think he can be going to call her soon not necessarily at all there is no reason why a little child should not live very close to him on earth I hope that little girl has a great work to do for Christ in this world. She has a very sweet face. End of CHAPTER sixteen